Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and buckle your seatbelts. It's time for your weekly ride along with the Bikes on Bikes. This is Drive By. Welcome, welcome. I'm Mike J. He's my guest. We are the Mike's on Mike's. This is the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. And Mike, I'm at the end of my rope, brother. Hey, right on, man. Uh, I was there last week with you. This week, I haven't wanted to cry while driving home from work at all, so... <laughs> oh, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing to keep my own tears down. It's amazing what happens when they give you, uh, you know, like a co-manager that can take over half the bullshit that you have to deal with. Yeah, that would be amazing. I would just honestly like a little bit of support and backup and understanding, and that shit is hasn't been seen in years, and it's just exploding at this current time. But let's not talk about that shit, Mike. Let's talk about wrestling. Yeah, let's talk about wrestling. <laughs> so a little, a few things I want to touch on before we get into our normal Wednesday Night War topics, Mike. Uh, Monday Night Raw this week, I think we might have differing opinions on it. Oh, we have um, very differing opinions on Monday Night Raw this week, <laughs> motherfuckers. Because I freaking loved it. We got two things. Uh, now, one... I'm not going to defend, I'm just going to explain. And that's the the faction, Mike. We we got uh, alerted early in the afternoon, I believe, by WWE's Twitter account that there would be a new faction making their presence felt on Monday Night Raw, which I think got us all a little excited, right? Yeah, man, because it's a new faction, and that's always exciting. Uh, like Especially when WWE announces it. They don't do factions. They don't do factions, really. So, like, when they're like, oh, a new faction, you're like, hell yeah. All right, new faction. And while technically, yes, we saw them, we didn't get a reveal, we know that they caused chaos, uh, it comes out later that maybe whoever sent that tweet out was a little overzealous and that was not meant for this Monday. Um... <laughs> no, I don't think that. I think that, that that to them this was a this was a good debut. Um, I don't know. I tend to be, I tend to believe it because I even speculated while I was irritated at first. The more I thought about it, like I mean, they did debut technically, no, they didn't. and no, then they I didn't. thought I thought oh, hold on, and I thought then again. This would have made way more sense if they didn't say anything, and then they said that maybe for next week. And yeah. then I read that story, and I'm like, hmm, maybe I was right. Now, you have to realize they were taping both shows at the same time. Uh, supposedly, there was all kinds of chaos in the background, so it is a little easier for me to believe that maybe someone sent a tweet they weren't freaking supposed to. Happens all the time. I don't. So I, I really don't think that's the case. I'm gonna believe the narrative. I'm still excited to see what happens because if you didn't watch, 
We got lights flickering on and off, microphone issues, Molotov cocktails caught on camera, and Montez Ford got freaking poisoned. Yeah. I, uh... I'll be real, I only saw some of this, because I was fast-forwarding through Raw to see the debut of the new faction. <laughs> not to see goddamn magic tricks. We also, which is probably why we have different opinions, Mike, we also had uh, something else new. Raw Underground. Oh. Hosted by Shane McMahon. Uh, a Fight Club-esque uh, Bloodsport type uh, worked. I mean, it still worked. Uh, but more, you know, I guess knockout submission wins. That's it. I don't know. It's It's filmed obviously in the back of the pc it's gritty looking although they are i did see the big complaint was you're still doing too many camera cuts for this to be gritty and i will agree with that uh but other than that i can tell you didn't like it i enjoyed it simply for a few facts it broke off that last third hour and it wasn't just a whole hour of this fight club, right? So it was spliced in between things going on on normal Raw. I'll say this. I liked it enough that I'm willing to totally give it a chance and see where it goes. And I liked it even more at the end when I, I, I don't think we said it on the pod, but maybe not when the hurt business, which is a great freaking name for this group of Lashley, Benjamin and MVP come in and kind of took it over. Because they're all three legitimate badasses, and it all makes sense, and I kind of like where that part of it's going. So, I'll just say, as of now, we'll see. I don't hate it. I'm curious. Um, as I've said multiple times on this show, um... I don't watch a lot of Raw, right? Hardly any at all anymore. And all this episode did for me was remind me why I don't watch Raw anymore. That's it. That's all this episode well, did for me was remind me why I don't watch this show anymore. Um, well, let me do let me let me do this for you, Mike, because I know that you watched, and I'm just gonna take a take a guess. You watched to see the faction, so you probably skipped till you saw something with that, right? Mm-hmm. And you probably checked out this underground a little bit, right? Yeah. Is that pretty much the extent of what you paid attention to? No. No, no, Mike. Um, I watched the Drew Orton segment, which wasn't terrible. I'll admit that. It was fantastic. It was I, fantastic, Mike. I Come watched, on. No, it wasn't fantastic. It was not. It was I'm fantastic. Sorry. Randy Orton was very good. Drew McIntyre. Randy Orton was fantastic. Drew McIntyre was excellent. Drew McIntyre was okay. Um, he was very good. Come on. You're being a little harsh here. I'm not. I, I wanted to I'm point not. out the I'm fact not. I that... don't like him as a face, and I don't like him as a face champion. Like, it doesn't okay. do anything for me. He's, but, coming but out that, do, that... he's coming out and doing the same, uh... Five years ago, I was cut by this company. Blah, blah, blah. But every month, like, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, dude. You don't have to come out and give us the sympathetic face. And it's not him. I know someone's writing this. 
But, like, I don't need the sympathetic face bullshit from Drew McIntyre. I don't need the sad story, man. I need you to come out and be a six-foot-six fucking killing machine. And when he turned that on at the end, I enjoyed it. But, like, it's the same shit. And and here's the other thing. I tune in to the – I watch clips of this shit every week, right? Drew McIntyre comes out and gives the same fucking promo every fucking week. Every okay. fucking week, he I'll walks down to the ring and gives the feel, same fucking promo. I didn't feel like this was that. I felt like the entire Raw show with the promos was completely different than anything we've watched for the last, I don't know, maybe three years. I had people texting me about it. Like, not being forced, texting me without me reaching out to them saying, what's going on? I reached out to one of our guys and said is there a new writer or what? And he said there's more freedom. Uh, Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan both cried during their promos, during an emotional promo, Mike. And they both sounded great. They told a good story. They had Kevin Owens to play off of, which, I mean, even scripted, he's fantastic. I think you can agree with that. I watched that segment. Um... Kevin Owens Apollo is fantastic Cruz. always. Apollo Crews gave a good promo, Mike. Did you watch that? Yeah, Crews gave a good promo. Here's the thing, man. I don't give a fuck about any of these people you just named except Kevin Owens. Right? It's a <laughs> great. It's fantastic. It's fantastic that your mid-carders are coming out and cutting great promos. That's awesome, man. Cool. Cool. Good job. Wow. Uh, on the flip side of that, um, I had to watch a uh, fucking... Baba Tunde beat up fucking three people I've never seen before in my life. Um, <laughs> Dolph Ziggler out-wrestled Joe from the street. Uh, Eric, Eric with, with Ivar in his corner, uh, need the fuck out of, could have been you. Um, you know what I mean? It, like, it, it, been, it wasn't, but yeah. Okay, but like, like, so like, cool, you've got this like, underground thing. Um, wow, so cool that you guys are beating up people that we've never seen or heard of before, ever. Wow, awesome. You guys are such fucking badasses. You guys are so stone-cold fucking badass, I can't even deal with it. Just out there just kicking the shit out of regular-looking dudes. Good for you. (laughs) And that's how I felt about it, man. Like, that's how I felt about it. It's like with the Raw thing. Oh, a new, a new, a new Stables debut in the night. Man, come the fuck on. Like, I don't care what you say. I don't think that was a mistweet. They were like, oh, this is a debut. Except, like, at the end of the show, did you know their fucking name? No. Did you know who was in the fucking group? No. Do you even really know how many fucking people are in it? Uh, maybe four, maybe five? I don't know. Like, that's not a fucking debut. And it's just this consistent bullshit from WWE. Where they're like, oh, it's about to be good. And you're like, oh shit, this might be good. And then you tune in and you're like, nope, not good. Same with fucking SmackDown two weeks ago. Man, I gotta tune in to see what's going on with Braun Strowman. Motherfucker doesn't even show up on TV. Um, But did you watch last Friday? No, because I don't care anymore, Mike. Did you see the end, though? Did you see The Fiend? I, I saw The Fiend. Obviously, I saw that. But the problem is, I don't care anymore. Because they do something to get you interested, and then I tune in because I'm interested, and you don't even follow up with it, or you don't fucking say, 
It was a false advertisement. Something like that, man. Always fucking happens with these shows. Always happens. And every time I watch it, you know who I'm mad at? I'm mad at me. <laughs> because I'm like, you fucking did it again, man. Uh, you're like, every time I'm Charlie Brown with the goddamn football. Every single time. And it's like, at a certain point, I'm not even blaming WWE for it. It's my fault for continuously thinking that it's going to be different. And it doesn't. It's always the same shit that doesn't entertain me. And I'm so fucking tired of watching shit on TV that does not entertain me or doesn't make me feel excited for it. And it's just like, I'm tired of it. And like, this might have been the last straw with me and Raw for a little bit. Where it's just like, God damn it, man. Come the fuck on. Come the fuck on. You're doing this. You're doing this. Are we really are we really doing a fucking worked brawl for it all? Because that seems like that's where we're headed. I mean, like, and here's another thing. Brawl for all. I got to thinking about the other day. And now that it's in my head, I'm going to say it out loud. Imagine being Dr. Death Steve Williams and you're literally the only dude in the entire history of professional wrestling whose career was ruined by Bart fucking Gunn. <laughs> like, think about that. Think about that. That, like, dawned on me the other day. This dude's career was ruined by Bart Gunn. Yeah. That'd, that'd be enough to make you want to fucking just quit the business altogether. I mean, honestly. But anyway, man, like, it's just, it's more of the same with me and WWE. I'm getting false promises. They're not following up on narratives that I like. They're doing things that, to me, are... I, this whole Raw Underground thing is just, to me, like... I feel like this company's just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what's going to stick. And, like, I can't watch a wrestling show based like that. Like, I, I can't, I can't. I'm not three hours of one. And not five hours of it a week. Like, if Raw was two hours and SmackDown was two hours, I, or an hour, I can maybe, like, watch these shows. But I can't just watch five hours of television programming where we're just throwing shit at a wall and hoping something sticks. And that's what it all feels like to me. There's no one I'm fucking interested in. I did like the fucking Shayna Baszler, uh... Sasha match, I enjoyed that, man. Like, and when there's people I care about, I'm invested. I was invested in that. I was invested in Oscar coming out. I'm invested in Oscar and Shayna having a face off, a stare down at the end of it. Like that shit, I'm invested in. I'm not invested in Bailey. I'm overheel Bailey. Um, <laughs> but like, there's nothing that brings me back. Yeah, man. Like, it's great. Apollo Cruz gave a great promo. Why? Why the fuck do I care? What about Apollo Crews giving a good promo is going to make me tune back in next week? I, I don't care. I don't care. And that's just where I'm at with Raw and SmackDown, man. I just I just don't care. You guys do so much that I... turns me off that the stuff that I actually enjoy, I can't even enjoy. Because like now we're in this place where I have to talk shit about you every week. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I disagree for different reasons, but yeah, that's you're... okay. I'm uh, okay. We, <laughs> nah, we agree to disagree. I enjoyed the promos more than anything. I forgive the faction thing because I'm still curious and I'm not going to shut Underground out just yet. Uh, but <laughs> I did something this week, Mike. Oh, yeah. You made that I wasn't even going to do. And then I was. 
I was so... I don't want to give it away. I was so, I guess, appalled by what I saw that I actually asked you to participate. You do, you, you <laughs> say you're not going to use the word enamored? I'm not going to use the word enamored. But this week, Monday, 7 p.m., on YouTube, uh, AEW kicked off their women's deadly draw tag tournament, and I had to watch for the simple fact that Carmen, or... Ariana, or whatever the hell her name is, was making her debut. And not only that, but Taya Conte was also added to this tournament. Former NXT uh, personality. And probably the reason for, I don't know, the worst NXT women's mask you ever put on television. So, I thought I have to see I have to see if there's improvement, and I have to see if, as I'm being told, Triple H hold, held her, Taya, or whatever her damn name is, hold her, held her back, Mike. I had to see this for myself, right? So I watched this whole damn thing, including the Brandy Rhodes, uh, Allie match. Yeah, thank you. You know, she's, uh, you know I sisters. found out the other day that... that- She's the blade. She's the blade's wife. Yeah, I knew that. I don't know how I, I knew that, but that I knew that. Uh, so I watched that. Um, they took on uh, that big girl with the shaved head that I didn't even remember was on her roster until I saw her. Completely hey. forgot. Um, yeah. She teamed with Penelope Ford, who. It's great to look at, but man, every time she's in the ring, it seems like a disaster. Um, so what'd you think, Mike? I'll let you go first. <laughs> just this match, right here. Um, I know I just talked a lot of shit about Raw. Mm-hmm. But this was the worst wrestling show I've watched in... At least 2020. Oh, the match was bad. The shit, no, not uh, just the match. Let's let's step aside from the match. Well, I, yeah, I want. I, no, we're gonna get into it. But okay. this match okay, this was match bad. In particular, trust me, I have um, I have a lot of points to tie into one big overarching theme here. Uh, this the match was, was bad. It was it was awful. It was, it uh, was unbearable I, to watch. Um, I, I, I the, wanted to. You remember when AJ Lee looked at the Bella Twins and said that. Uh, did she say talent is not a sexually transmitted disease? Yep. Well, Brandy. Odd that a very mediocre wrestler said that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Uh, but, I mean, Brandy's not good. Uh, Allie's okay, I guess. Um, the other two... As I already stated Penelope, and, like, uh, I don't even remember the name of the shaved head girl. Uh, so there's that. The, the forgotten Ross, remember? It was just bad all around. And then we go into the one I was waiting for, Mike. That I actually... What did I say to you? Uh, I can pull it up here, sir. <laughs> As I'm watching it, I said to you... Let's see. <laughs> oh, I just simply said... <laughs> This match makes Brandy look Brandy's match look good. 
<laughs> Dude, that match was very... Like... <laughs> I said, this match looks like a dress rehearsal walkthrough, and this cup is the definition of a participation trophy. Mm-hmm. Yup. Uh, uh, terrible. I, I saw people... And this comes to the hypocrisy, Mike. I saw people talking about how improved Cameron is, that they don't know what they let go, and how Taya... Like, I saw a tweet that said, oh my god, look at those kicks. Really? You um, mean the taps that she slowed down, and the ones that did connect, I I look like she might have actually hurt the opponent? I, I And the mo like... Everything was half speed. And I know sometimes some of these wrestlers go way too fast and they need to slow down to tell the story or to let the move have an emphasis. But this was just god awful, Mike. Um, here's the thing I don't disagree that Cameron or Ariana, whatever you want to say, looked much improved. However, she went from being like completely, utterly hopeless to just terrible. <laughs> I think that's fair. That's that's literally like like you could yes, I'll give you. She clearly has improved as an entering performer. I will give you that a hundred percent. I totally agree. But she didn't like she merely went from being like it's just different it's a varying level of awful. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more, Mike. And the presentation of the show this is where I'm gonna get into the nuts and bolts of this because we also had the announcement of the AEW heels program for women because you know aew is inclusive but now we have to specify for groups right so they announced this women's only like fan club basically that's fifty dollars a year which at first that didn't bother me so much but when i saw people complaining about it it kind of did start to make me think well hold on so you want this to be a safe place, which is what they said, for female fans to interact with each other and with possibly the superstars of the women's roster. So I start to think like, okay, well, you could do this on a tiered level even. If you want the interaction with the stars, if you want to have the Zoom call, then maybe you have to pay the fee. But like, if you want to make a safe place for women wrestling fans to gather... You don't have to make that cost something, right? No. And because by being... By putting a monetary value on it, you're no longer being inclusive, you're being exclusive. That's a really good point. And then we roll back into this tag tournament, Mike, because they want to do big things, and we have an arena that they use, just like the PC, they use the same arena, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. But a completely different presentation. No fans in the crowd. You notice that, right? Yeah, no quote-unquote workers in the crowd. Uh, maybe some production people. There were a few people, but there was no noise, Mike, at all. 
And these matches are god-awful as they are, so when it's dead silent, it does not help. And, and then, you know, you add to the fact that it's on YouTube. We can't do these matches on Dynamite. And we don't want to take away from the precious time that, you know, everybody else is getting on Dynamite. That Cody's getting to put over fucking Warhorse and Eddie Kingston, right? Uh, by burying them. And so we put it on YouTube seven o'clock on a Monday night. And then we have a fan club you can join for $50. So you can talk about the 32nd match that the women had on AEW Dynamite. Just, and then, and then when fans actually grow balls and call Brandy Rose out on it and Kenny Omega out of it, they each deflect it. Neither one of them are responsible for it, and then Brandy shuts her Twitter off. That's the chief branding officer, Mike, shuts her Twitter off. Well, I guess you probably shouldn't take such an upfront stance on I control the women's division. <sighs> and I wouldn't, I, I don't, you know, I've been trying to watch AEW. I watched it again this week. There's things I like. There's things I don't. I, I will admittedly say that I'm more forgiving of WWE, but that's because one, I will always be a WWE fan. Even when they suck, I still like them. Fair? Yeah. But. AEW promised to be something different. They did that. I didn't make that promise. They made that promise. And they just don't keep it. As a matter of fact, when it comes to women in AEW, they're the worst company on the planet. Only maybe, maybe behind New Japan who just doesn't have a women's division. (laughs) Well, all Japan... It's stardom or kind of the woman over there. Yeah, it's a separate thing, I guess, under the umbrella kind of, sort of, right? Yeah. But, I mean, am I wrong? Am I am I too far in that statement? No, huh? I don't, I don't think so. And it's just weird to me that, I don't even know if I want to say it's weird to me. It's impressive to me that fans spoke up about this. And I'm, even though I've seen, you know, the Young Bucks shut their Twitter off after criticism. Kenny Omega took a break for a while after criticism. Like, uh, could you imagine Triple H, Vince McMahon, or Stephanie McMahon shutting their Twitter off? After criticism? uh, Because they get nothing to criticize. It's such a, uh, let me think of the word. It's such a, like, it's such a, a, like, a modern celebrity thing. You know, like, like, yeah, it's such like a modern celebrity and modern humanity thing, like, uh, I can't take being criticized, so I I just disappear. Um, 
if WWE wrestlers did this shit, none of them would have fucking Twitter accounts. <laughs> like, I can't imagine Brandon Rhodes gets half the fucking hate that Charlotte gets. Like, I really can't. I can't I can't imagine that's a thing. Um, mostly because AEW fans are much louder. Um, much louder assholes on the internet than a WWE fan. Um, like, I, I just, it's such a, it's such a pussy move. Oh, I'm just gonna shut this off instead of defending myself. I can't take, I can't take criticism. And no, yeah. like, you, like, Vince McMahon would never shut his Twitter off. Uh, John Cena would have never shut his Twitter off. Like, Charlotte out there taking hate every day. Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Look at all the hate she got. And what she do? She just talks shit back. So I, it's just—it was a weak move. It's weak. They're. Brandy uh, tried. She called someone a dog, apparently, which is uh, super inclusive. <laughs> wow. It's just none of it. I mean, it's just—it was just a weak move. Like they like to talk shit and criticize but they can't handle it themselves. Yeah, it's it's something else, man. I, I don't know. I, let's take a break, Mike. And when we come back, let's have a little more fun. Let's get into NXT, which I'm still going to bitch about something here. And let's get into AEW, which I'm sure I'll find something to complain about there, too. Uh, hang tight. We'll be right back. All right, Lord Ketchum, what's your favorite line from a Star Wars movie? Man, why, why you gotta put me on the spot like that, man? No, time? come on, tell me a line from your favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, quick, quick. Who's it false? doesn't matter Who's what your false? favorite line from a Star Wars movie is. It is. It does. It isn't. Guys, pull over. Well, hey there. We were so busy arguing that we almost passed right by you. Hey, you like movies, don't you? <laughs> no, wait, wait. You love movies, right? Well, why don't you join me? The Lord Ketchum. And me, Dave King of the Road. And me, the Mayor Matt Logson, every other Tuesday. <laughs> typically every other Tuesday. Yeah, okay, so join us typically every other Tuesday on Nostalgia Highway, the movies you know from the guys you don't, the No Frills Movie Review Podcast. We bring our own unique and in-depth analysis of your and our favorite movies from yesteryear. We may argue. We will f***ing cuss. We absolutely will spoil key scene reveals and plot points. Because we only review movies that are 15 years or older. Typically, we review movies that are 15 years or older. Yeah, typically. Hey, who's making the rules anyway? We better get a move on, fellas. I'm sure there's other hitchhikers that are wandering along the highway waiting for us. You're right. You can catch Nostalgia Highway typically every other Tuesday. On Apple and Google Podcasts. As well as Spotify, Breaker, and where all the other popular podcasts are. But you can also find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcast, and our Twitter handle is at HighwayNHP. We'll pick you up next time, out on the highway.
ready? Think you can tell us what to do? You are listening to Daniel Grossman. Now, excuse my little interruption of the main program here, but um, I like to make dramatic entrances sometimes. So this is Daniel, host of the WID Pot Show, and. I almost took my last ride. They wanted me gone. But I'm still here. Who are they? <laughs> That's something I can't disclose. But we talk about conspiracies like that on my show. Now if you're interested in UFOs, government cover-ups, cryptozoology, magic, all the things that go bump in the night, listen live on YouTube at around noon. For your midday mindfuck. Or you can find the show on the podcast apps. On all of them. It's WID question mark podcast. You also can call my Skype line. Like Mike did. The brave one. And talk to well-known guests. Or share your own paranormal story. But be aware. Sometimes... It gets dark and disturbing. So are you ready to take this ride? I'll be waiting for you on the other side. Now back to the two mics on mics and the drive-by wrestling podcast. Best show about professional sports entertainment. give yet another shout out to Daniel Grothy on the WID podcast his episode this week again with the returning John Presser Mike listen this isn't something that you should say I'm gonna tell everyone listening if you're even remotely interested in paranormal or conspiracy theory just pause the show right now and go listen to episode 50 of WID with John Prester 
talking about Antarctica, and if you listen and you pay attention, you just might start to question a lot of things you know. But really, I'm going to download that one right now. Oh, dude, it's it's unbelievable. Well, like, it should be the latest download available. Is there a secret base? Uh, is there a secret base underneath Antarctica? Well, just, uh, I'm not, no spoilers here. Spoiler-free zone. And the best part about John Prester is, if he's not 100% sure, he'll say, this is my theory, I don't have anything to back it up, but this is my theory, and then he'll say, I have these things that make me think this, so he doesn't just make a bold statement. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He'll use facts to back up what he feels and what he thinks. But if he's not 100% sure, he'll say, I have this opinion, but I can't say that it's a theory. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So, awesome show. Uh, our boy Daniel doing it again. And then, of course... Don't forget our guys over at Nostalgia Highway. Uh, next week, I believe, they will have a brand new episode. Not sure what it is. You will have to check them out. Subscribe to both. And hey, assholes, subscribe to us too. Yes, subscribe to us. That'd be great. <laughs> so, Mike, NXT, man. Uh, let's get into it this week. Yeah, man. Uh, another, another great show. Um, didn't quite put me in the same mood as last week's. I still think last week's was the best of the TV USA era. But solid show nonetheless. We started out number one contendership. Number one contender match. Sorry for the women's championship. Uh, Rhea Ripley versus Dakota Kai. I don't know where uh, Raquel Gonzalez is. She hasn't been with Dakota the last couple times we've seen her. Um, but that's okay. Because if you're following story, Rhea Ripley uh, shot down a Robert Stone brand, uh, helped to humiliate Robert Stone a few times, and during the match, Robert Stone's newest acquisition, uh, Mercedes Martinez, was able to get a little sneak attack on Ripley while the rest back was turned, which helped to lead Dakota Kai to hit the GTK off the top rope. Rip open Rhea's, I don't know, chin or eyelid or nose. I'm not sure which, but there was some blood there. Unintentional, unlike other channels. And get the win and become the number one contender for the women's championship to face Io Shirai at NXT TakeOver 30. Uh, really good match, Mike. Bleach Report gave it an A-. I'm going to go with that. All right, we'll take that. So then we get to into uh, Bronson Reed uh, facing Shane Thorne. Uh, Shane Thorne making his return to NXT after a brief stint on Raw. Uh, this was a match to give Bronson Reed a solid win uh, over, you know, over a somewhat known opponent before we're going into this takeover and before we go into next week, which we will get into. Uh, Reed defeats Thorne by pinfall. Bleach Report gave it a C plus. Uh, I think I'd, I'll, I'll go with that. I'd probably give it a B minus. It was, again, not a match. I say this all the time. Cause I feel like when you watch AEW, you expect every match is there to blow your mind. And I do think that they try that. And that's not what NXT does because that's not what you should have to do 
on every show, right? Wouldn't you agree with that? Oh, I totally agree. Because that actually can hurt you in the long run. So this is a match to tell a story, to get someone to win. It did what it did. C+. Plus. I- I'll go with it. Move on. Next, we get the triple threat match for the NXT uh, qualifier for the NXT North American Championship. Damian Priest, Oni Lorcan, Ridge Holland, who is from NXT UK. Have you seen this guy, Mike? Uh, no, I haven't. Man, this is the first time I recall seeing him. Has a fantastic look. He looks like a... I, I, I hate to say mini, because that's not fair, but like a mini Brock Lesnar. Like a smaller, slightly more compact version of Brock Lesnar. He's not little by any means. I'm just saying, when compared. Uh, and man, this is a match of just kicking the shit out of everyone. Uh, Priest got the win, which I think is the actual right call here. Uh, fun match. They gave it a B. I think I will actually go along with that, too. Bleacher Report's surprising me right now. Uh, so then we get Keith Lee versus Cameron Grimes. Uh, Grimes kind of stuck his nose in Lee's business, business, and Grimes paid for it. Bleacher Report gave this a D plus, and that's just horseshit. Uh, so here we go. So this again was a match to set up or for further the uh, carrying cross angle. Uh, Lee hit Grimes with a spirit bomb that when it happened, I actually tweeted, holy shit, I felt that at home. Uh, and USA Network responded, that's what Keith Lee does. <laughs> nice. Um, so, yeah, given this a D plus, just for that spirit bomb is ridiculous. And then we get the lights go out and carrying Cross appearing on the screen and saying... Uh, he's not happy with him, Keith Lee, or William Regal, and it looks like we're doing this the hard way, and there were a bunch of NXT stars in the locker room all beat up. Uh, I believe he was choking out uh, uh, Oni Lorcan's partner, Danny Burch. Yes. When the screen when the screen came up. So we're getting that match next week, Cross versus Burch. Uh, oh, really good segment. What's that? That'll be solid. Yeah, it'll be solid, and I think we're we're leaning into this, Mike. What I had stated after William Regal's statement is, I'm not handing out title shots and not being bullied into it. I think we're gonna get this match, man on man, no title involved. I really think that's where we're going. Uh, we then go into, uh, let's see. Okay, so earlier in the show, we saw Brizongo walking into the building and Legato del Fantasma makes their presence felt, sneaks up, beats them all up, and they toss them into, oh, I'm sorry, they toss uh, Fandango into their Suburban and drive off. So they are now dragging... Fandango out, and they're basically saying that they made fun of Lucha Libre, uh, they're not gonna stand for that, anyone that does that or gets in their way will suffer the same fate, Tyler Breeze tries to come out and make the save, he epically fails, uh, Esquel also warned, warned, uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott that he'll be next if he keeps talking about the NXT Cruiserweight Champion, so... 
Uh, really good uh, segment. Bleacher Report gave this a B. I would agree with that. These guys, like I said, I've said it numerous times here, famously, as I like to say, uh, es- Santos Escobar is just has money written all over him. Uh, I really like what they're doing with this character. I like what they're doing with the faction. Uh, they're getting this one right. Uh, Tegan Knox versus India Hartwell. Um, again, this was a match to uh, further cement. Tegan Knox is a top star. She beat Hartwell. Bleach Report gave it a D. This was not a D match. A D match was the Brandy Rhodes match on the tag team tournament. An F match was the one that followed. This was none of those. <laughs> uh, so then we go into the main event, Mike. NXT Tag Team Champions are putting their titles on the line. Uh, Imperium, Marcel Bartel, and Fabian Ackner. Versus Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish, and the return to action for uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, man, I just looked at the grade here, and I cannot believe this shit. They really gave this a C plus. The match was good. It wasn't a fantastic match, because that's not what this was about. It was a very good match. A solid B match. But the segment, the end, and I asked you, and I don't know if that's what you were also referring to, but did you see this, Mike? Yes. So, in case you're under a rock, uh, we talked about it on the show. So if you listen to the show, you know. Uh, Adam Cole had a spat with Pat McAfee on spat Ma- Pat McAfee's podcast. If you're not sure who Pat McAfee is, he's a former NFL punter for the Indianapolis Colts, one of the best to play the position. He does shows on NXT, pre-shows and whatnot. Uh, he has for, what, is it two years now? Yeah, roughly. Year and a half, two years. They've been building this thing with Cole, whether intentional or not, whether this <laughs> whole thing was in their mind when they did it or not. This is like two-year storytelling, Mike, so I'm impressed either way. They've been picking at each other on these pre-shows. It's been made clear that Adam Cole does not like Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee is a loud mouth. That's who he is. Uh, Triple H, after the podcast incident, sent an invitation to Pat McAfee. Said that things just got heated. Adam Cole's a good guy. He was in the wrong, even though you were a button pusher. Uh, let's get this straightened out if that's what you want to do. Pat McAfee accepted. We saw pictures throughout NXT of them burying the hatchet, right? So, during this match, McAfee's on commentary and still taking shots at Adam Cole. Adam Cole's at ringside. He can hear it. So, Adam Cole's getting irritated. Not even paying attention to his brothers in the Undisputed Era. Uh, eventually, Cole comes over to say something to Pat, saying that, I thought we buried the hatchet. You need to keep your mouth shut. I'm paraphrasing. And as he's walking away, Pat McAfee, which the whole source of this is, he said that Adam Cole's little. That's why he needed help from Undisputed Era. That's why the podcast went off the rails, blah, blah, blah. As Cole's walking away, Pat McAfee says to Tom, and I will actually bring up, sorry, I forgot this. At one point, McAfee was saying so much trash talk that Beth Phoenix said she was done with commentary. Uh, <laughs> and Phillips even says, you made Beth Phoenix leave. You need to calm down. And when Cole comes over, confronts him, and walks away, McAfee says, 
boy, he's an angry little elf, to quote the movie Elf, right? And <laughs> you hear Philip say, come on. And Cole hears it, runs over. What'd you say? Picks a bottle of water up, throws it in McAfee's face. Shit goes off the rails. Uh, Bobby, I'm sorry, Kyle Riley gets knocked out of the ring. Bobby Fish gets the finisher. Uh, everyone's distracted. They get the win. They leave. Uh, McAfee's kind of being led out by Triple H and, I'm sorry, by officials. They're trying to separate and Triple H and Sean are keeping Cole back. And then, as McAfee, you think, is leaving, Cole's by the announce table, uh, on the other side of the announce table, long ways. They're uh, separated from each other. McAfee comes back and says, listen, the bottom line is, no matter what, you'll never be anything other than an itty-bitty tiny bitch. And Cole jumps long ways across the announce table and is still being held back. And Pat McAfee backs up and punts Cole. Cole sells it as being completely knocked out. Fucking fantastic finish. Did you enjoy this, Mike? Because I loved it. I thought this was an outstanding end. Um, my initial thought upon the punt was... Because uh, um, I had seen some people saying, you know, they're, they're burying Adam Cole, blah, blah, blah. Adam Cole deserves better <laughs> oh, than this. Oh, I can't wait to get into this. You had a... You had... So, when I saw him initially knocked out, I was kind of like, what the fuck? And then I had to, like, step back from it and be like, no, we just had a man whose job was to kick the shit out of a football as hard and as far as he could. Kick this dude in the head. You, uh-huh. You, you're damn right he's knocked out. Yeah, yeah. Like, if this would have been, like... Ah, uh, I'm trying to think of a celebrity that's been involved in WWE. If it would have been Hugh Jackman, I'd say, what the fuck? Guys, this is Pat McAfee. He kicked a ball like 70 yards all the time. It's what he did for a living. As yeah. our friend Steven said on Twitter, I find it weird that we have no problem believing Randy Orton can knock somebody out by punting them, but a former NFL punter can't. What the fuck are we doing here, guys? Now, you don't like the celebrity angle? Whatever. Pat McAfee's been training to wrestle for like two or three years now. I don't know if you know that, guys, but he has. Okay? I know they kind of touched on it on the podcast that he has a ring in his backyard and, oh, he thinks he's a big shot because Rip Rogers trained him from time to time. No, he wants to be a wrestler. Okay? Now, I don't know that he wants to do it full time. It's something that he wants to try. Okay, look, I'm pretty sure he's going to lose this match. But I'm also pretty sure that a, a lot of people are probably underestimating this, which I think is a good thing. And what the fuck, like, what do you want to do with Adam Cole? If we're still using him in NXT right now, the dude's done literally everything. He's had every title belt. Undisputed Era is highly successful. Can we just have some fun? Are we not allowed to do that? No, we're not allowed to do that. Only in AEW. Triple H went on Greeny's show on ESPN and promoted WWE, NXT, SummerSlam, NXT TakeOver, and the WWE Network in like a two and a half, three minute segment where Greeny completely sold the entire encounter. Where's the problem? 
I heard desperate, Mike. I heard, oh God, they're desperate. And I decided that every time somebody says that, I'm just going to tweet them a picture of Mike Tyson yawning at double or nothing. Hmm. Um, I, that's, that's great. Um, I will say, I do somewhat agree. I saw a statement where they said, I don't like this because this is is to the effect of this feels like a main roster gimmick, and I like that NXT was insulated. And I do agree with that somewhat. I understand that, but let me say this, as I stated earlier, Pat McAfee's an NXT guy. This isn't someone that came in out of nowhere. This guy's been working with the company, specifically NXT, for at least two years, if my math is right. So this isn't just some rando. You know what I mean? This isn't just some celebrity. There's actually history here. So I give them credit for that. This isn't Mike Tyson coming in for no reason at all. Like we did at Double or Nothing. There's no reason for that. There's no reason for Bret Hart to come debut the AEW title when he did, other than he's who he is. He has no affiliation with that company. And you can say, well, he's a wrestler. Yeah, he's a WWE Hall of Famer who has nothing to do with the Rhodes family or fucking AEW. So don't tell me that it's that different, because it isn't. One company used celebrity and uses past celebrity of wrestling stars that have nothing to do with the company to try to move a needle. And I'm okay with that. NXT, for the first time in how long, is doing this? And there's a problem? I don't get it. Because, look, uh, I'll tell you my view on it. And it probably doesn't explain everybody. I know there, there's just a certain segment of people that just want to hate on it, just for the sake of hating on it. Um, what I don't like about it is... I We talked at the start of the show uh, about Raw and SmackDown, and I've given my feelings mm-hmm. on it. Um... I don't want NXT to start dipping their shows, dipping their shows, dipping their toes into this main roster bullshit. No, I, I understand don't. that. And it worries me that once we fucking break the levy here, that we're going to be doing main roster shit, man. Like, I don't... I love NXT. I don't want it to be a main roster show. I don't want it to do main roster gimmicks. And while I'm okay with Pat McAfee and what they're doing, because I do understand the backstory and everything to it, I could see how, if you're just a casual viewer of this, um, it would worry you. Now, with that said... 
I had a guy I work with who came into work on Thursday and was like, yo, man, did you watch NXT last night with Pat McAfee? And I was like, yeah, obviously I'm watching it. You watched it? And he was like, dude, huge Pat McAfee fan. Had to tune in to see what was going to happen. So, you can't really argue against that, right? Yeah. They, they yeah. did something to get eyes on their product, and it and it worked. So, I'm okay with it on the whole, but I have reservations about where we go next with this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Poppy's done no, a whole I... lot like Poppy's done a whole lot of NXT theme songs now. We is she gonna be in a match tag teaming with uh Shotzi Blackheart? Like that's <sighs> these are the things that worry me. And I think it's a valid worry considering that Vince McMahon is a person who still lives and exists and owns this company. And I get that, but kind of like I said earlier with the underground, and even more so here, I'm going to let this breathe. It's been done fantastically so far. Uh, I'm going to let it happen, you know, and and see where it goes. All right. I mean, that's all we can do. I right? mean, I we're don't not, have as much control- apprehension. We're not in control of stopping it. All we can do is let it go and see what happens. Well, right. But as I'm saying, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, now, if, (laughs) if it looks like, oh God, you know what I mean? If it looks like what you're afraid of it, and you're not saying it is, but you're afraid of what it could turn into, then yeah, I'm with you, man. But I don't think that's what this is. And I think, I think we'll be okay. Alright. <laughs> so, Mike, what was on the other channel? Um, well, we opened with a shit show of a 12-man tag match that Bleacher Report gave an A. I think that's... I think that's excessive. I think this match was a B at best. It was... Ah, uh, man. You know, I've said to you, I like Young Bucks and multi-man matches. I actually prefer them in that. More than the regular tag team matches, I think twelve might be too many. Or was 12, it ten? Or was it twelve? It's twelve. Twelve, 12 might too be much. too many. Twelve's just too much. I think there's just. I, I, I thought that the first half was atrocious. I thought once the injury to FTR happened and them and Hangman left, it was good after that. Well, that's and even the, when he came back, it was well, fine. That, that's but the problem. Everything right? before that. Is you have to write people out of things like this. Yeah. Twelve man match, you have to make people disappear because with twelve people, there's literally no fucking way someone will ever get a pin, right? Yep. It's, it's yep. always going to be broken up, right? Um. So you have to get people out. Um. Yeah, I agree with you. The back half of the match was much better, especially once, dude. Once Hangman Page came back, that shit turned up. I'll give him that. Yep. Absolutely. As soon as, as, soon as Hangman Page came back to the ring, the energy of the match. Uh, stepped itself up about three notches, and he made it a go. Dude, when he called out Brody Lee, I was jacked. Uh, Hangman Page, 
I'm a mark, dude. I don't give a shit, man. This dude's one of my favorite wrestlers on the face of the earth right now, and he brought excitement to it. The match itself, it was it was a sloppy spot fest. After that, best friends took on Santana and Ortiz. Probably the best match I've seen Santana and Ortiz have on this uh, roster. That might also have something to do with Chuck Taylor and um, Trent, who are doing probably the best work of their lives right now. Uh, Bleach Report gave it a B. I think that's about fair. I think that's definitely fair. Uh, later on, post-match, after the uh, Santana and Ortiz destroyed uh, Trent's mom's minivan, the best friends were very upset, man. Especially Chuck <laughs> Taylor, who personally promised Trent's uh, mom that they were going to be able to borrow the van and nothing bad was going to happen. And, and let me say this. Dude, this is great. I thought it was hilarious. I don't even like the best friends, and I thought it was hilarious. Uh, but it just goes into my hypocrisy thing, because if this was a WWE segment, it would get shit on. Yeah, it would. It would. It would get shit all over. That's true. I agree with you. Um, my favorite part of the night, MJF shows off his campaign headquarters. Um, he's going through talk. I'm not going to get into it too much, but there's just one little thing I want to mention that he said that to me was the moment of the show. Mm. And it's just such, and it's like, to me, it's like one of the best things I've ever heard MJF say. So he's talking about, oh yeah, I've got granted a match against John Mac Moxley for the world title at the next show. Um, all out maybe. Um, but Moxley is defending the title against... Uh, you know, little tiny boy. I can't remember his name right now. What? Darby Allen. Darby Allen. Right. So he's defending <laughs> the title against Darby Allen later in the night, and one of the people says, "MJF's going about how he's totally prepared for Moxley, blah blah." And they're like, "What if? What if Darby Allen wins tonight and you have to face him?" And MJF stops and goes, "Oh, what? So I'll have to fight the 120 pound emo boy for the world title? Oh no." Uh huh. <laughs> I I rewound it and listened to it three times, dude. I was laughing steadily for ten minutes when he said it, just because it's such like a like it's what we're all thinking. Like it's what we're all thinking. Come on, um, it was just a classic classic moment for me. Um, Matt Hardy came to the ring after that for a promo. Um. Did we discuss a couple weeks ago about Matt Hardy talking about his unhappiness on the roster and how he needs to just be Matt Hardy? I don't believe we did. Okay, so Matt Hardy did an interview where it was obviously a shoot interview, but WWE fans were like, oh, Matt Hardy says he shouldn't have come here. No, that's not what he, like, it was clearly, uh, not a shoot, it was clearly a worked interview, right? And everyone's, like, acting like it's a shoot. So he comes out. Well, uh, to be fair... I mean, he hasn't been booked in the most, uh, I don't even want to say booked. I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah, but his complaints were more about, like, I thought I'd be coming here with fans to do this gimmick, and I'd be having people cheer, delete, delete, delete. And right. Yep. So, it, the whole thing was obvious. And he hasn't been booked great, but, like, come the fuck on. What did you think was going to happen, Matt Hardy? Did you think you were going to be AEW well, world champion? That's kind of what I wanted to say to people who were, like, you know, saying that he was being mistreated in WWE. Like, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want what him do you to do? Want? You want him to beat, uh, you want him to beat Brock Lesnar for the, uh, title? It cracks me up when people 
are the Impact champion, and then, like, wrestling fans think that that means that they have done something. Like, and I'm not taking away from winning an Impact. I would love to be the Impact champion. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. But the EC3 is another one. Like, just because you won uh, the title of a show that fucking 80,000 people watch, bro, that doesn't make you, like, a main event guy all over the world, right? And I don't right. give a shit. Like, EC3, I like EC3. EC3's got great talent. But to think that that dude was going to come to WWE at 39 years old and set the world on fire, it's like, it's like, are you, what, like, are you serious? Like, do we buy, <laughs> do we buy weed off the same guy? Is that what's going on? Because I smoke good shit and you must be smoking good shit to think that Matt Hardy <laughs> is going to be a fucking anything, anything like like the dude, come on, man, come on! Like, are are we serious? He's an Impact champion. Let's get the fuck over it, man. Moose is a fucking woman was the Impact champion, and I'm not even saying that to take away from women or Tessa Blanchard. She's an amazing talent, but I'm saying like, would Tessa Blanchard? It, so Tessa Blanchard, by the same thoughts, could just show up and be WWE champion. I think we all know that's laughable. It's laughable to think that any of the women on the WWE roster could be WWE uh, heavyweight champion. It's just not a thing right now, maybe in five, ten years. But, like, it's a laughable concept to think that you're going to come from this show. Anyway, he's out doing his, like, well, like, blah, 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 blah. I'm thinking maybe now I'm just going to be regular old Matt Hardy. Um, Sammy Guevara comes out, and they start brawling, and, um... Uh, the highlight of it that I guess we're all going to talk about is, um, hmm. Sammy threw a chair at Matt Hardy and split him clean open. Sure did. Um, I have seen some criticism online for Sammy Guevara on this. Um, it looked a little scary when you watch it. However, um, however, that was pretty scary, dude. Yeah, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. But is that not what this fucking company does? That doesn't mean they should. I'm not saying it's okay, right? I'm not saying it's okay. But we're going to call out this one spot, right? No, I totally understand what you're saying. I like this. This is the one we're going to call out. We're not going to call out any of the numerous, like, stupid shit that Cody allows to happen to him. We're not going to call out Moxley and Omega on a fucking bed of razor or razor wire. Like, it's just shit like this, man. This, like, I don't understand anymore in wrestling what's okay and what's not. Uh... Did it look scary? Fuck yeah, it looked scary. You know what else looked scary? Was um, Mabel doing uh, the fucking splash onto Diesel on his back. Hmm. Also looked scary. But, you know, like, that's wrestling. 
wrestling looks scary, man. It, it looks is, scary when Mick Foley but, got thrown off the fucking cell. Yes. Like, things and that, look that, scary. That, what, that right there is more relatable to what happened on AEW than opposed to Mabel, Viscera, whatever, Yokozuna doing a bonsai drop, right? So, because they're still in control. When you throw a chair... You're not in control. I just saw on, on a Twitter timeline the anniversary, three-year anniversary of the Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns uh, office chair throw. Oh, that was great. It was fantastic. Completely different style of chair. And as long as you control and try to keep the soft part going, you're probably not going to have an issue. This was a folding chair. I do think it was plastic, but those plastic folding chairs have metal in them. The, the piping's metal. And I don't know, it's very unsafe thing to throw. Even, like, the RVD, like, the Van Daminator, like, it was still controlled. Does that make sense? Yeah. This was a careless toss. And I'm not going to fault him for it. I understand what they were going for. I'm sure it was even talked about. I hope it was talked about before it happened. Yeah. Uh, just not smart. It also no. wasn't smart for Mick Foley to fly off a hell of a cell, but man, did it make his career. So what yeah. the hell do I know? Right. So, except Matt Hardy doesn't <laughs> need his career made. After that, he we had not. Cody but and... Sammy does. It's true. That is true. We had Cody and Matt Cardona making his debut, taking on John Silver and Alex Reynolds. This was just to make Cardona look good in the ring. Um, he picked up the win for him. It was do you think okay it did match. that? Um, no. No, it was just for him to go out and show off, and I don't think... Um, and I'll give it two reasons. One, he obviously had a bit of ring rust. And two, who the fuck cares about you beating John Silver and Alex Reynolds? Yep. It was unspectacular. Um, yep. Bleach Report actually said solid, if unspectacular, match. And that did what it set out to do, spotlight Cardona in his first match with the company. And that's exactly what it was. Um, that uh, After the match, Scorpio Sky met Cody at the entrance ramp, tapped on the TNT Championship, said he's next. Uh, I'm looking forward Which, to that match. I love Scorpio Sky. I think this is going to be a fantastic match next week. Can, and can I point out the overrunning theme here? Uh, yeah. So I don't remember two, three weeks ago, but last week. We have Warhorse, and we're trying to get him over, right? Yeah. We have this match. You know, if anything, you can say, even though we all know Cody's going to win, like you want to get the unknown guy over, and then it's overshadowed by Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder, making a save. And then this week, we're going to get Matt Cardona over, we're going to give him the win, and then we're going to overshadow with Cody again, to have Scorpio Sky come out and point to that TNT title and completely lose the fact that Matt Cardona just got a win in his first match in AEW. Yeah, that's exactly what okay. they did. That's yep. what we're doing. All right, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Uh, after that, we had the Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho debate. I thought this was um, a great segment. Uh, I recommend everyone watching it. Uh, it got an A on Bleacher Report. I think that's fair. I think Cassidy gave us like a good side to his character that we've never seen before. Um, it was a good comedy segment. It was a good serious segment by the end of it. And I thought Jericho, Cassidy, and 
Um, my man Eric Bischoff moderating it. <laughs> I thought it was amazing. Bischoff, I love seeing on TV. I'm a Bischoff mark. I'm a huge Eric Bischoff fan, so right on, right on. Uh, we Like I said, we don't really get into promos or break them down too much unless we have to. I, especially comedy ones. I think you guys just need to watch it if you haven't. I can't say enough good stuff about it. After that, I fast-forwarded through Big Swole versus Reba. And that got us to the AEW World Championship match of John Moxley versus Darby Allen. Bleach Report gave it an A. I'd say cool. it's more like a B. Um, obviously, Moxley gets the win. Um, this was better than obviously. the first. This was this was much better than the first match I saw them have. Um, uh, Moxley, I don't know what the fuck they're like. I just can't. He's so Dean Ambrose and so like not fun Dean Ambrose. And I just don't, I just don't understand how everyone sees some kind of different person here. He is who he is, man. I don't know. I don't know either because it's the same thing. I feel the same exact way. And I don't know. I'm starting to wonder if when he first came in and there was all this buzz that it was literally just a pure excitement. And I know you said you watch him in New Japan. You feel like it's different. But maybe it's just seeing him in that different environment, man. I just think he is who he is. He's a semi-decent in-ring guy that cuts generic, if not cheesy, promos, and now he can put swear words in them, and he can bleed. Yup. Anyway, during a point in the match, MJF and Wardlow came out to try and get Moxley to lose, so that way MJF would have the easy win over Darby Allin all out. Didn't work. Moxley ends up with the win. We move on to next week. That's the end of AEW Dynamite, man. We should probably wrap this up. I got about 3% left on my secondary recording device here. Oh, there we go. Well, let's do this. Push Cut Barry, you got one? Because if not, I got one ready to go. Oh, dude, I'll let you do it this week. Go ahead. All right. How about this one? Uh, we'll go WWE strictly, and we'll go Latino. Uh, Andrade, Humberto Carrillo, and uh, Angel Garza. I'm cutting Humberto. I'm burying Humberto. Um, I don't enjoy him at all. I think it might be his face. Um, <laughs> I laugh because I think I agree with you. It's his face, dude. It's something about his face. I don't know what it is. It's something about his face. He, I don't know. There's. He looks like I wouldn't like him. Um, I guess we're going to cut Andrade because... He could go back to Mexico and continue to be the huge star he is. And we'll push Angel Garza. I'm with you. And for the exact same reasons, and let me just throw this in here. I think I love Andrade and Angel Garza. But I think Angel Garza is the more relatable of the two. And I think he has the bigger upside because of maybe his... I don't even know. I'm assuming he's younger. Uh, and it's just, there's something about that dude, man. Andrade's great, but there is something different about Angel Garza. I totally agree. And, uh, that wraps us up for you. Alright, guys, give us a li- give us a like, give us a subscription, give us a review. 
Check out our friends at the other shows we mentioned earlier. And I say it every week. It's been real. It's been fun. We will catch you next time. You guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a great week. New episodes of Drive-By drop every Saturday on iTunes, Spotify, and the iHeartRadio app. Subscribe and make sure you never miss a single one. And keep the conversation going on Facebook at Drive-By Pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. This has been a presentation of the Near Fall Network.